It takes an extraordinary team to embark on an extraordinary mission. WealthVest presents the 99 Best Marketing Ideas, a podcast dedicated to bringing financial advisors the most cutting-edge marketing strategies. Listen in as your fellow advisors share their top ideas to help you conquer your marketing needs. Hello and welcome to another 99 Best Ideas podcast brought to you by WealthVest. Today, we have somebody who I've had a, the, the, the joy of interviewing previously uh, for another podcast, and she is truly exceptional. And as we were preparing for the podcast today, one of the things that she had said was, you know, Matt, I'm about 200 meters from the top of this mountain, you know, and, and, and that's really kind of where I'm at. But what you have to realize is, is Lauren Williams happens to be a four-time Olympian and a three-time Olympic medalist. This 200 meters is where she shines. That last 200 meters, which is where so many listeners to this podcast fall down. They give up. They quit. They don't push themselves that last little bit in order to make themselves truly successful. Lauren happens to be an MBA and a CFP, um, and she also is a CFP. SLA, which I'm going to ask her to remind me what that is here in a minute. But Lauren, welcome to the show. It is so good to be on. Great to talk to you again, Matt. Let's do it. All right. Well, tell, let's start off. Tell me what the CFSLA is again. It is a college affordability and student loan advisor. Okay. And so that's something that I decided to get because my clients so frequently were coming to me with student loan drama, student loan pain. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people were reaching out because it was like, I'm never going to be able to to purchase a home. I don't know if I should marry this guy because he's got a bunch of debt and Mm -hmm. on and on and on. And I was like, I need to learn more about student loans. So I've taken a series of different classes and I found a a designation. There are actually two out there now. I'm probably going to take the other one pretty soon, but it's specific to student loans is the long story short. All right. Tell us why you decided to become a financial advisor. You were a professional athlete for 10 years. Yes. Well, the long story short there is I was pro at 20 years old, so I'm not even old enough to drink and I'm I'm making over $200,000 a year. And I realized that I didn't have a family with a bunch of financial literacy. I didn't have anyone to really turn to. And so I needed to hire a professional. And I asked my, you know, close network, you know, if they recommended someone, they did. And the gentleman that I got introduced to was an advisor, but not the kind of advisor I needed at 20 years old. So I had very little financial literacy. I didn't know a lot about budgeting. I didn't know how much money I could spend on a house if, you know, if I could even move out from living with my college roommate. I wanted to get a new car, but was that a good decision? And I just had all these really basic financial questions. And the gentleman got me some insurance. He got me an investment account and, you know, a brokerage account, a retirement account, a brokerage account. And that was kind of the extent of what he provided. So when I had these other questions, he kind of sent me another way or he kind of, you know, skirted the questions because the only thing that he was able to help me on was the investments. Because, you know, now that I'm in the industry and I realized, you know, how it works, he was getting a commission based on those investments and he was not getting paid for providing me with actual financial planning advice. Gotcha. And that's probably one of the reasons why you also ended up getting your CFP. Is that fair? Exactly. So yeah, Google search led me to the certified financial planning coursework because I kept asking people, you know, what do you do when you need help with more than just this investment thing? Like, what about all these other financial topics? How do you help people with that? And everybody kept saying, well, you need to go get your series seven. And I was like, 
okay, I got the Series 7 book. And I was like, this is all investments. Like, isn't there something that helps you with all aspects of your finances? And, you know, just like you said, Googling different terms is what led me to certify financial planning as the coursework and something that was going to be a very good fit for me. Well, you're obviously not only a student of the game, but you're a student of education because you have your MBA at such a young age, CFP plus uh, the the uh, CFSLA, which you're going to get the other, other one too. So it's nice that you continue to sharpen your saw but we're going to switch gears a little bit here and tell me what makes your practice unique and different. Well, I'd say there's a few things. You know, I feel like, well, I shouldn't talk about what the traditional firm is. I'll just tell you what I think makes mine different, right? Mm-hmm. So I focus specifically on young professionals and professional athletes. Um, so that's people kind of in their 20s and 30s. I provide, you know, if someone wants comprehensive planning, it's it's based on a modular approach. And so instead of, you know, collecting all their information, crunching all the data and then spitting out a 30 page document at them. You know, I spend time getting to know the client. We set up their client portal. We gather those documents together, which is a lot less daunting task for them because people are like, I don't know where my financial stuff is. And then we move into, okay, let's talk about your cash flow. You Okay. We've got that straightened out and we got a, a plan for your student loan debt or your credit card debt or whatever you may be dealing with. In addition to your understanding your monthly spending and really clearly understanding the best way to organize that. Now we move on to investments and retirement. Are you, you know, saving enough, putting here? What does your retirement look like now based on the amount you've already saved and and on and on and on. But that modular approach is a lot different than other advisors in the sense that, like I said, it's one big package and you, you kind of spit it out. I also offer some short-term things such as a budgeting package where, you know, we work together over a period of four months and it's very cash flow based and we're going transaction by transaction, which is time consuming, but I think it's a worthwhile es- effort. And it's something that I really wished I had and someone would have took the time to sit down and do with me when I was younger, you know, said making a lot of money and not really understanding what I was supposed to be doing with this money on a monthly basis, how to plan for saving and how to plan for the things that I really wanted to achieve in life. So, yeah, budgeting is yet another thing. And then also just the way that I speak to my clients. I I don't dress up in a business suit every day. I work from home. Two days a week, I go down to a co-working space, which is really fun and collaborative. But I'm pretty much in jeans and a t-shirt 90% of the time. Sometimes I put on a nice blouse and then I'll have like uh, basketball shorts on with it. So I'm a lot more relaxed and laid back. I'm never trying to talk over my client's head. Um, it's a lot more of a fun conversation than it is a very professional business conversation because I want to build a relationship with them and I want them to, to feel comfortable speaking with me about whatever it is they have financial as it pertains to their financial concerns. Now, Lauren, you are doing the exact opposite of what other advisors think will make them successful, which is focusing on old people who either are about to retire or who've already retired. So they get that easy 401k rollover and you really went in a different direction. Why? Why? I mean, you could have taken the easy road here, couldn't you? It would not have been an easy road. It would not have been an authentic road, which Uh, is the most important thing. I don't want to work with old rich people. And, you know, that was one of the things that that turned me off as I was like working with the first gentleman and then working with the second gentleman uh, during my career. And then even as I started to interview around after I started, you know, the certified financial planning course where I got an internship, I worked somewhere else. And I'm I'm doing kind of these informational interviews and, you know, oh, you need a million dollars in assets. And I'm like, well, what about the majority? 
majority of the United States that doesn't have a million dollars in assets? Like, why do we get left behind? Where, where does someone learn the information that they need to accumulate this million dollars in assets to, to, to get the help they need? It's like, you've got to be smart enough to figure it out on your own, and then we'll help you with the rest of the way, which is really lucrative for us. That makes no sense to me. It's, it's not authentic to the way that I want to live my lifestyle. It's not authentic to my values. I want to help people build the wealth that they want and really build the life that they want because it's not so much about the wealth. It's about reaching your goals. Um, and another thing that's different that probably going to make people like want to plug their ears is I, I don't charge based on AUM. I have a monthly retainer model that's based on income and investment management is included as part of that. There's no additional fees for me managing your assets. So I'm collecting these assets and people are like, what? You're not charging on those? And I'm like, I feel like what I'm charging is inclusive of that. Like it's called comprehensive planning. And that's what I told you you were getting. Then that's part of it. So, And you're playing the long game. And I just think that's brilliant. Uh, so many advisors, they don't play that long game. What you're building right now is a sustainable practice that you're going to have lifelong relationships. We, we hear that, Lauren. I hear that from advisors all the time. Oh, I want lifelong relationships. But they're not building that lifelong relationship. They're meeting somebody at the second half, if not the third quarter of their life, you know, in, in providing them with these services. What people are doing with you is, is they're consistently making deposits. They're paying you on a monthly retainer, which, by the way, is a, a magnificent business model that a very few advisors use. I think I think you're playing the long game. I think you're killing it. And I'm, I'm that's one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast. Uh, but let's talk about marketing. All right. So what, right, are, what, are, what are you doing that's uh, that's working for you right now? How are you getting in front of these young professionals or these professional athletes? Well, one of the things that's gone really well for me recently is I, I mentioned earlier, I, I co-work at a place called WeWork a couple of days a week and they're all over the country. And it's just a really co collaborative and community entrepreneurial space where it's just like fun energy. And so you can do uh, a talk there at any time you want as a, as a WeWork member. Um, usually you got to provide some food to lure other people there, but you're not required to provide any food. And so student loan talks, like I said, I know what, I know what the pain point is of my target market. And so I've been doing these student loan talks and, you know, I just grab some pizza, spend like a hundred bucks and, talk about student loans with people. Spend an hour, 45 minutes discussing what I what I know. And there's so much information. It's so daunting that, you know, by the end of it, you know, it's not my my intent to overwhelm them, but they're overwhelmed and they're like, I need your help. <laughs> so, you know, for a hundred bucks worth of pizza, I, I pretty much every time I've gotten my return on investment by, you know, somebody booking, at least one person booking a consult. And at the bare minimum, that's, you know, delayed ROI where someone, 30 or 40 more people know about me, know about the services I provide. And, yeah, hopefully take me up on using my my other financial services. So that's one thing that's gone really well for me so far. Another thing that I'm doing is, like I said, re referrals from other planners. So a lot of planners, like you said, fit into the box of, you know, AUM only or minimum assets or, you know, we're looking for older people. We're looking for, you know, various different things. So based on their niche, you know, I reach out and I say, well, if you ever bump into somebody who has, you know, problems with cash flow or, you know, you need some student loan analysis. If they're, they're younger, I have no minimums over here. So really speaking to other advisors and, and explaining what I provide. And I've created some really good PDF documents through a graphic designer that I send over to them so that they're, they're very clear on what my services are. And, you know, they, they just forward that on to the client sometimes, or they'll send them, you know, make an email introduction between us. 
But the cash flow thing has been also, like I said, a big game changer because a lot of people don't want to spend the time doing it. And I'll even like some clients will loan their, you know, loan their comprehensive client out to me like, hey, Lauren, this is a comprehensive client I'm working with. But, you know, they really need some help understanding their their monthly um, expenses. Can you work with them? And so I, I charge my regular fee for that. And then they go back to being a comprehensive client with whoever they were. You know, I don't, I don't steal the client. You know, it's a very open you know, let's collaborate. Let's do what's best for this person that's in in the mix here. And yeah, you know, if it's yours, it's yours. So those are two things that have been going really well for me. Magnificent. Now, for those people who are younger advisors, this is the model that you should be following, right? I love the collaborative workspace idea. Lauren, at conferences, one of the things that we used to find was so many advisors would come up to, to me as a coach or a speaker and and say, Matt, I feel like I'm alone and I'm on this island because, you know, I go into my office every day and I see the same one person who's my assistant. And then I sit in my, you know, sit behind my computer and you don't do that. Like you actually have human beings that you can interact with from an energy perspective. That's just got to be so energy giving instead of just being so drained at the end. It's so important as a a solopreneur, I guess, if you will, to make sure that you're interacting with others. He said it, it one does a lot for your energy and your attitude overall. But, you know, if you're at home, you're not meeting anyone. You can't expand your network. And this network and this spider web of people that, you know, the world extends to are are the people that will ultimately become your clients. Like you said, it's not a today thing. It might be a, a long game thing. But if if you're not meeting new people, you're not learning new things. And, you know, it's, it's bigger than, like you said, just acquiring the next client. It's it's about, like, what can I learn from these people? What new perspective can I get? What new niche might be out there? Another thing that's gone well is, like, you know, with me being a four-time Olympian, offering to do talks for free at places. So law firms where, you know, I do kind of like a panel discuss, not a panel, but um, a, qu- a Q&A. And they're like, oh, we'll bring an Olympian in to do kind of a motivational thing. But I, I provide all the print, the panel questions. And so it'll start kind of with, you know, your life as an Olympian and just being yourself. And what's good for me is I don't have to prepare because if you ask me what's the biggest obstacle you face, I can answer that question every day of the week. It might be different on Monday versus Tuesday, but I've always faced, you know, various obstacles. So instead of me having to prepare to, you know, pr- provide this like keynote address that's tailored to this particular instance, it's it's the audience getting to know me. And of course you get to the end of that and it's like, well, what are you doing now? And it's like, I'm, you know, running this financial planning company. Well, why are you, why are you doing that? What made you decide to do that after being an Olympian? And, and now it, it creates a really natural way for me to be able to tell my story of, you know, what I'm doing without pitching that audience directly. And so at the end of that, they know me very well. They know my, my story very well. And if they connected with me, they come up and they say, you know, I'd, I never had anybody talk about finances like that, and I'd love to work with you. So yet another thing that's been going really well is like, you know, reaching out to places. Uh, like I said, I bumped into someone that, you know, works at a law firm. It was like, oh, you're young, and like I got a bunch of young lawyers, and it'd be really fun for you to talk to them. And after I did it the first time, I started like calling all my old lawyer friends saying like, hey, if you guys got young lawyers, I'd love to chat with them. And that's been yet another thing that's going well. Hmm. And they're very qualified clients. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> what hasn't been going well? What what marketing ideas have you used in the past that you're like, man, I'm, I, man, I'm never going to do that again? Ah, so I started the new year. You know, everybody sets these goals and I'm going to hmm. be so great and we're going to just get this party started. I spent $5,000 
on an event where there were fourth to seventh round draft pick potential fourth to seven round NFL draft picks. And the, the reason this was a bad uh, marketing idea was because it was not authentic to, like you said, my personality and the way that I operate. So you go there, ideally you get to speak to all 200 of these players because, you know, they're broken up into groups and they come into these different sessions. Well, the first thing that happened, not everybody attended the sessions, even though it was supposed to be mandatory. So I didn't get to see 200 players. I maybe got to see 60. The second thing is that there were, you know, four other financial companies there, despite them telling me that there, there was only going to be one other one. Um, and so now you're competing against other people. It was a, a very male-dominated environment. And we, it, you hear the stories about how it, the NFL interactions are and, you know, kind of kill or be killed. Or it, it was very much that environment where there were some rules set. You need to be at this table at this time. If the players came up to you, you could talk to them, but you, you were not to, you know, approach the players. So there were a lot of rules that like prohibited us from doing anything that was going to you know actually help us get business or build a relationship with these athletes. But guess what else? The other planners didn't follow the rules. So they're out there or I'm going to call them other financial people. They're not, I don't call them planners. And so they're out there, you know, like you said, directly interacting with them and, you know, pulling them to the side. And, you know, I'm looking like, hey, they're not following the rules, but there's something in me that's not going to let me do, you know, do what they're doing. So I followed the rules. It was very low yield for me. I will say that, like, kind of, you know, the thing that you you always get out of something, even though it wasn't a it wasn't the best use of my money, was it was a good learning experience. And so they provide also the, a phone list and an email list. And I'm not a cold caller, so that was not you know what I mean like not something else that was going to be great for me. I did set up an email campaign, and what I uh, did was break my speech up into eight different parts, so it was a lot more you know a lot smaller, a lot digestible, a lot more digestible. And I also included a, a podcast, so I've interviewed various NFL players on my podcast, and so. My title would be like, Clinton Portis went broke. Here's his advice to you to make them open the email. And then it was just like a short paragraph about, you know, what they needed to know about hiring someone and then uh, a link to the podcast. And so I got a great open rate on that and a great listenership for the podcast. So the, the players love that. And at the, at the bare minimum, like you said, I didn't get any clients from that immediately, but maybe delay ROI, I created that connection between them and myself, and then also provided that value to them because they, they heard it right out of the mouth of other players who, who have experienced what they've experienced financially. And then uh, also sent an uh, email to all the agents that participated in that event. And I have been in touch with like three agents since then. So it, it wasn't a complete, you know, waste of money, but I, it also was not the best way I could have used $5,000 this year. Why do you think, why do you think your past, right, has led you to to this level of perspective and discipline. I mean, you're. I'm hearing you talk about this, and I'm like, man, Lauren sounds to me like a very energetic 50 year old woman because of your life <laughs> experience, right? I mean, that's fun about. I, I, that's why I had so much fun interviewing you before. But but talk about that because you're consistent. Once again, you just talked about the long game. Was that something that was just? kind of beat into you or or that you just in, internalized from training so hard where did that come from uh, that's not one of my standard questions here but i just need to know yeah i think one of the things that like i frequently get asked like you know what are the different things you learn from being an athlete and there's all these different life skills that you get by 
participating in sport. And in the moment, you don't realize that you're building various skills. And uh, I know one of the biggest things we deal with when we're transitioning from sport to life after sport is like, who am I? Do you know what is my identity outside of being an athlete? And I don't have a resume and I don't have very much work experience. Whereas like all my counterparts have been working for five or 10 years, however long you competed. But what I really, it took a while for me to, to, to be able to digest all the different things that I learned and to be able to translate them into how can I use this as a business owner? And I see multiple things that, like you said, I just, I, I don't, I don't know how to quit. As a matter of fact, I just came from an event and it wasn't the most positive experience, but I stayed in the program for two years and people were just like, Lauren, why didn't you just cut your losses and, and stop going? And I said, because there's something that I'm supposed to learn from being in it. There's something that it's, it's something that I committed to. And, you know, I don't want to burn the bridge of the person that invited me to the program in the first place. Uh, that relationship in and of itself was worth me continuing on to the end, despite the thing, the different drawbacks that there were. So uh, I, I don't know how to quit because I know that there's something at the finish line, whether, you know, as long as you finish that you don't always get first place, but there's something at the finish line that's going to, you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, what a cool part of my journey. And there's some lesson that you need to learn as, as, as just participating in life. What is the best marketing idea that you're implementing right now? What is, what is just killing it for you? Best marketing idea. I think I've got some cool things in the pipeline. Like I said, the the student loan thing has been really, really cool. I would say my best, I have a quiz that I'm getting ready to put on the website any day. Now I've seen, I I do some consulting with studentloanplanner.com and I've just watched the way that he's running his business and the different ways that people are interacting with his website. And I've learned a lot about like how to get more engagement on my actual site. Um, so there will be a quiz coming out soon so that people have something to click on and something to do when they get there, even if they're not ready to, you know, set up a call with me. So that's something I'm excited about. Things that are killing Yelp is another thing that is a game changer. So if you can get Yelp reviews now, then the way to go about getting Yelp reviews is is a little bit tough. So Yelp is a thing that we can do as advisors. It is, yeah, compliant. You can do it. You can't solicit Yelp reviews, though. Clients just kind of have to decide to review you. So you got to figure out how to get the people on to Yelp and wanting to review you there. But if you can get those Yelp reviews, prospects start coming through the door. And that was the biggest thing for me for a long time was like, when I get somebody, I close them. They, they like what I'm talking about. As long as they're a good fit for me. And, and if, if I'm interested in them for the most part, they've come on board. But if no one's calling, then you can't get new clients. So, and once you get over usually like five reviews on Yelp, then the floodgates kind of open. So Yelp reviews is the thing that's been awesome for me. If you had one piece of advice for new advisors, what would it be? One piece of advice. I would say, I said, be authentically you. There is so much marketing crap out there. It's so hard not to get bogged down in which one of these things is going to work well. Which, which one of these things do I need to be doing? Do I need to be doing all of these things? Which of these master classes and email funnels and, you know, on and on and on is the right one for me. And it's like, yes, you, you have to do something. You have to be dedicated to working hard toward whatever that something is, but being authentically you and finding a way to market in a way that's going to work well for you. So like I said, another thing that I've done is my podcast. Like everybody's like video, video, video. And I was like, I get that video is, is, is king right now, but I don't like to be on camera. 
And so the podcast was like a, you know, kind of like the compromise for me. And it's helped me improve my speaking skills. It's something that I feel, like I said, is a lot more authentic for me to be able to, to speak to people. I, I, I enjoy conversing with others. I don't enjoy speaking, like I said, being on a platform and kind of, you know, giving my holy spiel down to all these little eyeballs looking at me. So I've created a way for me to, like I said, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a platform that's available and I'm using it, but it's also something that's better for me than, like I said, video at this point. Maybe I'll get the video one day, but right now that's not authentic to me. And writing is another thing that I don't love to do. And so I had to figure out, like, how am I going to do enough writing to, you know, make sure I have a viable blog on my site, but at the same time not get bogged down in writing? Because I write well when I write, but it takes me forever to do it. And so it's like, I can't spend all week writing when I need to be serving clients and I need to be out getting clients. But I do want my blog to exist. So outsourcing. Come up with your idea. Like you said, make sure it's your authentic idea that you want to write about, but then send somebody else to write it. Then all you need to do is edit it and it spends a lot less time. You know, well, that's what's worked for me is I spend a lot less time writing. So just being authentic to who you are as opposed to doing what everybody else is doing. Like, oh, you need a blog a week. Oh, you need this a week. Oh, you need to be emailing your list. Oh, you need to be doing Facebook ads. Like there's no limit to the number of things that people will tell you you need to be doing, but you need to pick a few things and and do those things consistently. Because the other thing we do is you find something that's working and then you jump and you start doing something else. Like, oh, let me add on to this. And then you stop doing that thing consistently. So stick to what you're doing. Pick a few things that you want to do well and go after that. At the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how you had said that you're about 200 meters from the top of the mountain. What keeps you working so hard every day? I'm really excited to to get to the top of the mountain. And I think you spend a lot of time working and not really knowing what you're working toward. You're just like, one day clients will come, one day I will break even, one day, you know, I will be profitable. And you're like, fingers crossed on all of those things. And I'm just, you know, I'm waking up and I'm working these hours. And, you know, when is it all going to come together? Like I'm seeing, though, it's not all 100 percent together. I'm seeing those things come together. And I know what a great product I'm going to have. Well, really, I hate the word product, a great service I'm going to have for my clients. And, and I'm seeing it in the clients that I'm serving now. Like as I've tweaked things here, tweaked things there, like I said, I, I used to be doing, like you said, kind of upfront fee. I provide a financial plan for you. And then we, we start our ongoing retainer and we implement what I, you know, provide it. And it was just such a, a tedious process and it, it, it's the general process. So it, there's some validity to it because other people are doing it, but it wasn't the best way for me to work. And this new modular planning is a great fit for the way that I want to serve clients, but also the, the way that the people that are coming to me are okay with being served. And it's just been night and day in how fun it is to be able to go, okay, this is the thing I have to work on. It's so much less stressful than building a whole plan and to be able to spend an hour talking about cash flow as opposed to talking about cash flow, insurance, investments, estate planning, everything in 60 to 90 minutes and saying, here's your plan. All right. Now, which one of these things do you want to do first? Like, that's not my thing. So it's just, yeah, it's just good excitement, good old fashioned excitement, because I see these things coming together. And I know that my thing is a, is a really good thing. It's not everybody's thing. It's not going to be for everybody, but it works well for me. Be authentic. Lauren, I, that was the best piece of advice. When you are authentically marketing, it doesn't feel like marketing because it's just who you are. And you can tell that in your voice. And I love having you on podcasts. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to have you back again. I, this is just, it's so much fun. I learned so much. From you. I have a half a page of notes here, Lauren. Uh, just <laughs> things that you said. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. So Lauren, thank you very much for your thought leadership and coming on the show and, and talking to everybody about what's really working well, what you've learned, uh, and, and some of the things that didn't work as well, and how to stay focused and how to, to make it to the top of the mountain. So thank you very much. Matt, thanks so much for having me on the show. Make sure that uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about Lauren and what she does, her website is worthwinning.com, worth-winning.com. There's all sorts of wonderful stuff about her, about what she's doing. And really, you should see a website that is very functional. Uh, She is in the process of updating it, but uh, even what she's got right now is very, very, very impressive. And so for everybody at WealthFest and for Lauren Williams, uh, this is Matt Halloran, and thank you very much for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. Every time we come out with a new 99 Best Idea, it will show up directly on your listening device. Also, it makes it easier for you to share that podcast with another advisor or agent that could use this information. If you want to start targeting a younger audience, if you are a younger advisor or agent out there, re-listen to this podcast, take as many notes as I did because it can truly change your practice and allow you to live a life that's worth living. Thank you very much and we'll see you very soon on the other side of the mic. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing do not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any content. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.